Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Cornet Northern California Chapter Podcast, which we have rebranded Corecast uh, for uh, 2021. Special thanks to our sponsor for this podcast, Impact Group. Impact Group delivers end-to-end corporate real estate and workplace solutions for your built environment. My name is Robert Teed, and I am thrilled to be your host for this episode. Uh, my day job is as Vice President of Real Estate and Workplace for ServiceNow, and one of my many night gigs is serving on the Board of Directors for Cornet Northern California. Uh, I am super excited to be hosting this particular episode because the topic, it's pretty near and dear to my heart, and it's, it's a lot of what I uh, talk about on LinkedIn. Our theme today is really the next workplace or the, the post-COVID workplace. And we're gonna talk about that from a practitioner's perspective. And to help uh, explore that theme, I have with me the Vice President of Real Estate and Workplace for Nutanix and a very good friend to me and to the Cornet chapter, Mr. Michael Phelps. Michael, welcome. Hey, thanks, Robert. Thanks for uh, having me on. Oh, it's so awesome to have you here. All right, so first things first, inquiring minds want to know what new habits or uh, hobbies have you picked up during COVID? Yeah, um, you know, we actually got into this um, daily walk or bike ride that we do around our, our neighborhood uh, with you know my, my wife and kids. Um, and it's something we hadn't done in the past. And it's great because it helps us get out of the house. So, so that cabin fever, right? And uh, it really has helped us get more connected as a family. So I, I really sort of value that. Um, I also ride uh, a Peloton almost every day. Cool. And uh, I've probably built out at least a dozen Lego sets with my kids. <laughs> Love the Lego. I, uh, for Christmas, I got the San Francisco Lego set from my kids and just finished it. So nice. Yeah. Well, you know, let's jump into sort of Nutanix a little bit, the company that you work for, uh, you know, give us a bit of an overview. What, what's the company about? Uh, what's the focus area and, and how should we be thinking about it? Sure. Um, Nutanix is a SaaS company, uh, it provides hyper-converged software for data centers. So that's a little complex. So in general terms, uh, your typical data centers, uh, they'll have multiple pieces of hardware and they'll have data storage, servers, and switches. And each one of them have their own independent software platform on it. What we do is our software actually overlays all of those platforms. And the IT organization can actually manage the data center from just one software platform. So all you have to do is use Nutanix and you can control all your hardware in your data center. Since this is a chapter podcast or a Cornet podcast, I'd love to get a little bit from you about your involvement with Cornet Northern California. Um, you know, how long have you been uh, part of the chapter and sort of what, you know, keeps you coming back or keeps you engaged with the chapter? Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. I, I had to go sort of look some of this stuff back up because I, I, I was trying to remember when I joined, but it was back in 2006. So I've been wow. with Cornet for a, for a long time. Um, I also went through the MCR program, the SLCR programs. Uh, both of those taught me a lot. Um, and in general, Cornet's given me the opportunity to learn and connect with other real estate leaders and partners from around the world. Um, now, what keeps me sort of coming back um, is the shared knowledge and the people, um, especially in the NorCal chapter. I, I think we are lucky to live uh, in an area where we have such a large amount of top companies and uh, corporate, state, corporate real estate leaders who continue to redefine the definition of our role, show value, 
and what we can really do to help make companies succeed. Yeah, I love that. I mean, if you had asked me the question, I probably would have given you the exact same answer. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Well, let's sort of jump in um, to the meat of our discussion. You know, the theme again was, is the next workplace, sort of what, what happens post-COVID. Um, and I'd frame it up by saying, uh, you know, the role of the workplace leader, you know, what you and I do, Michael, it, it's been evolving really for a decade or so, uh, sort of pre-COVID, to be more focused on employee experience. And the pandemic has sort of accelerated that evolution. And it's probably helping to redefine our roles a bit, um, especially sort of if you think about it over the long term. And so I wanted to check in with you, you know, has your role been evolving over that period? Is that, does that jibe with, with uh, what's been happening for you? Yeah, um, honestly, I, I think our roles are sort of always evolving. Um, and I, the phrase that uh, change is the only constant seems to be the norm. Um, so uh, in my role, uh, what I do is I oversee real estate facilities plus safety, security, and travel. But um, I'll just focus on the real estate and facilities part. So, you know, pre-COVID on a real estate side, um, you know, I just dealt with the strategic planning with the business, where we wanted to grow, both headcount, what countries we want to new enter, what, what countries we want to enter, what new locations we want to open up. Um, I also got into being a major part of the company's headcount planning. Mm. Um, I was taking out a lot of helping the business understand what talent was where around the world the cost of that talent, and what are the implications if the business decided to change our mindset from hiring people from a typical location to sort of a new location. And then on the facility side, um, we were really focused on that great workplace experience that you mentioned, both for the employees and the visitors. Um, I actually would tell my team to think about that best hotel experience you would have and bring that experience to the office thus having sort of this hospitality mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and sort of, you know, one thing I look at is, you know, what's, what's the appreciation or compliments that, that potentially, you know, we could go get. And what I strive for is, I think the best compliment to get is when employees or visitors talk about that great workplace experience to others, both inside and outside the company. Um, but going forward, I don't think this goal or mindset of having that experience goes away it's just going to be a different experience that we need to create. So do you think our roles change? Uh, you know, we're going to stay focused on employee experience, but do you think COVID is going to change our role structurally? Um, and one of the ways I think about that is, you know, traditionally we've reported to like a CFO type of a role. Do you envision our roles being more HR oriented? Do, do you see any changes like that happening? Um, in terms of who you report to, it's actually started to change. When I first started at Nutanix, I was underneath HR. Um, and then I've been switched over underneath legal, which was sort of a little odd, but I happened mm. to know the, the chief legal officer from a prior company. So he was happy to take me under his, his, his team. Um, but I do think, um, you know, our roles will, will change a bit. And I know like during the pandemic, my roles definitely changed. Um, so in the beginning, I became part of a COVID response team mm -hmm. um, that composed of HR, legal, biz ops. And that was, you know, in the beginning, we were closing offices, tracking the spread of the virus, the travel implications. 
you know, getting letters out to customers for salespeople who were trying to visit them, making sure in general, just people were safe. And then around April, May timeframe, I actually became the lead of this COVID response team. And I changed the name of it. I changed it to the future of work team. Mm. And um, from there, immediately started looking at, you know, what cost reductions we could go do across the company, what work from home allowance, supporting employees' mental well-being. Um, and then on the sp- facility side, more specifically, um, how are we going to approach getting offices ready to open them back up, both in the short term and the long term? Um, so I'm still leading the future of work team now, and, and we've created even a plan for which we'll figure out what kind of company we want to be coming out of this, including where people will work, what will be our hybrid way of working, new guidelines or policies do we need to put into place, and how can we make sure the company is in the best position. So I'm actually you know, leading those. So I, I, you know, I work with HR and I check in with them, you know, where are you at with your goals and objectives? I check in with IT, where are your goals and objectives with this? And I'll end up reporting back to the executive team. So every couple of weeks, you know, I, I jump on the executive team, we talk about stuff and then they, they'll come up with a new, a new, new task that I got to take on. Um, and then I go on out and, and I, you know, work with the other teams and we go solve those problems. So, you know, in a sense, I, you know, the role I've taken is been more broader in terms of cross-functional um, in helping sort of support what that vision is going into the future. Yeah. And I, and I love that because I think what you're highlighting is that as a workplace leader, our roles are getting broader. You know, we've always probably been very cross-functional, but we've been in this really unique place during the pandemic where we've been able to step up, lead the efforts like what you're talking about, and, and really sort of take on a broader role. Uh, and and, I, and I, I would envision that our roles will continue to stay pretty broad. You know, they, they broadened out a bunch during COVID. And so as we kind of enter into whatever the next workplace is, I think our roles will stay pretty broad. Would you sort of agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. I would say my connections with cross-functional teams is, is definitely a lot more embedded and, um, and it's, it's great. I, I love the fact of being able to take on those new challenges and responsibilities. Um, and I, you know, I hope that I tell my team, I think that says something about, you know, my team, I tell them that I go, they're giving us these new responsibilities, which could have gone to HR, could have mm-hmm. gone to IT or could have gone to business operations, but they're having us lead it. Right. Um, and I think we, as just a general real estate organization, we always have to work cross-functionally, mm-hmm. whether we enjoy it or not is a different thing, but, um, <laughs> right. and whether the other organizations are responsive to us, you know, a lot of times we don't have a choice. We, you know, if we go build out an office, we got to go work with every one of the organizations that's going to be a part of that office, if they like it or not, we just got to go do it. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I, I do think we have great opportunities in our roles uh, to actually get better uh, sort of view from our executive teams in terms of, you know, taking advantage of the talents and the skill sets we have. Yeah, I love that. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, you mentioned this, right? We were already cross-functional. I, I just don't know that it was fully realized. Now it's probably fully realized that we're probably one of the most cross-functional functions within a company. Um, well, hey, I, w- I want to talk about the role of the workplace. So we just talked about the role of the workplace leader, um, but the role of the workplace, and, and I'll really focus in more on knowledge work workplaces, if you will, 
Um, that was also evolving sort of pre-COVID to be more experiential. You know, we talked about employee experience a little bit. The workplace has been on a journey as well to be much more experience oriented and, and less of a utility. Um, and, and I think that's been very true in tech. And, you know, we, we, we tend to be in the tech center of the universe where, where you and I work. And I know you and I have talked about this before, um, you know, really making sure that the employee experience is sort of core to the workplace experience. What's been happening at the same time is technology has been evolving very, very quickly and reducing sort of our dependency on the workplace. So, so really this idea of, of people being able to work sort of from anywhere has been around for a while, at least from a technology perspective. Um, COVID has helped really test that. It's put a lot of things into practice. Uh, you know, we've really tested that work from anywhere, um, which could mean that the workplace has played a much more limited role in our productivity than we, than we might have thought in the past. And I'm curious, um, as you think about the workplace going forward, uh, the workplace of 2021 and, and kind of post-2021, how do you think about the workplace? And do you think, you know, it, it, it is going to fundamentally change? I, you know, I, I do. I, I think there's going to be, I think the workplace, uh, you know, and we've heard this when we, you know, talk to other folks, a place where people will come to collaborate and socialize. And I, I actually, I do believe that. Um, you know, by nature, we're social creatures, right? We do like to be around others. Um, I also think there's a benefit of people coming together face-to-face -to, -face to collaborate. I definitely think there's real value there. Um, uh, I also still think there'll be people who want to come in for heads down work, right? Mm -hmm. So people where their at-home environment is challenging as well. Um, I don't know if there'll be large numbers of this, but I definitely know that we'll probably have people coming in for heads down work. So um, I do think it'll, it'll change. There's, I think there'll always be a purpose for the workplace, um, but it won't be, it won't operate in necessarily the same fashion it has in the past. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, uh, there was an interview yesterday with um, Flank, Frank Slootman, the CEO of, um, of uh, Snowflake, and Snowflake. he used to be our ServiceNow CEO. And he, and he really sort of highlighted that. He actually, he, he said that uh, something to the effect of, you know, the way we used to work in the workplace uh, definitely won't be the way we work going forward. He even used the word nonsense when he was kind of describing the, the way we worked in the office before. So, his view is that the workplace is going to change. And, and, and it sounds like the way you're talking about it, it's very similar, like work, workplace will have a purpose, a very uh, intentional purpose, but, you know, maybe we'll do heads down work somewhere else, or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll use the place to uh, workplace to kind of come together, collaborate, um, you know, deal with moments that matter, but then go away and, and do our work. Yeah. I, I almost, um, the the word that keeps popping in my head is it's a you know it's a destination right yes. it's become a, a destination right to come to yeah yeah I, I like that that word I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, hang on to that as we talk uh, for the rest of this so you know technology I mentioned my view that technology has been evolving that it's really a, it's it, we've been able to work from anywhere for a while now it's it's just that we haven't done it um, at scale. How do you envision the role of technology as we think about the next workplace, um, you know, 2021 and beyond? Does it continue to evolve? Does it continue to play an important role? 
I do. I think it's technology is definitely going to play a, a huge role. Um, and I, and I see sort of two areas, you know, on the technology side, one, um, you know, the workplace experience is going to change, but when people are there, we still need to make it a great experience, right? It's going to be different, but we still need to make it a great experience, right? So I still have a strong belief that there's going to be a need for a base sort of workplace application from which you can tie other technologies to, or even have other applications connected to it or underneath it, right? So you don't have all these apps on your phone. Um, Cause I think in the end, you know, you, what you need is basically like a, one app on your phone you can lay a bunch of apps behind it. Um, and then, you know, it connects the employees, everything they need to make their workday easier along on the back end, right? It'll help, hopefully help us give us analytical data, right? On how the space is being used. And we can actually use data-driven decisions, right? I mean, in the past, a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, you got your badge access system to somewhat understand. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really work, right? So if someone walks, you know, at sales offices, you know, a sales rep can go in, pick something up and walk back out, you know, and do you count them that person for, sure, their, yeah. for the day? Yeah, I don't. So I, I think technology, I, I still envision we have to get better technology, better understanding of how our workplace works, and then also help provide a, a workplace experience for the employees as well. Let them be able to navigate, find things, get things easier on their phone. And I think the second thing is connecting with people, right? Connecting with others. So we're using a term called digital twin right now. And, mm -hmm. and that's, we're using that to define what kind of experience we think, uh, you know, people will need who are not in the office and can be sitting anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So Zoom is great, but I think we need better tools to help make those people feel more connected to the office, right? Um, I've even made sort of a, a funny comment to my team that I think, potentially digital whiteboards may mm -hmm. come back, right? Um, you know, I remember trying those out in a couple places back in the day. And, um, you know, you'd have one in India and maybe one in San Jose, right? And try to get people to collaborate across. But, you know, technology's evolved a lot more. And I've actually tried it out here at my home where I've been able to use a tablet and a stylus and be able to collaborate with folks and still even have Zoom on, right? Mm -hmm. And, um so instead of using a mouse to draw right here, you know, now you get a stylus, right? So, you know, is that going to work, right? So trying to think of how do you make people more productive when they're not physically in the office? Yeah, in you know, now we're starting to see some serious work around VR and AR and even gamification in, in the workplace. And I sort of envision the next few years you might you might see uh, even more of that, where all of a sudden, it, maybe at scale, you, you're running a truly virtual workplace with people, some in, some out, um, doing the whiteboard and collaborating, everything you just talked about, but doing it virtually much more, yeah, uh, virtually and much more immersively. So the one one of the challenges I think with Zoom is it's not very immersive. It's yeah, you know, it's very flat. And I I, uh, I agree with your VR and AR. I just it's funny. I I've, I've been looking at one company. Um, but I haven't like gone and deeply priced it out. So yeah. I don't care. I'll say their name because it's cool technology to look it up. It's called spatial mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. uh, and their VR looks pretty dang cool. I just, I just, you know, um, you'd have to, it, it'd actually be pretty fun to try it out. <laughs> yeah. And I think that type of thing, you know, as we sort of evolve in the next few years, we'll probably see things like that really show up and, and technology continuing to take a pretty, 
pretty dominant role in, in this future workplace. Um, well, one of the things that you and I have talked a lot about, and I know design, you know, workplace design is near and dear to your heart. And, it, you know, you've talked a little bit about how the workplace will be different, more intentional, uh, more of a destination. How do you think design changes, you know, sort of post-COVID in this next workplace? Yeah, um, you know, I was thinking about that. And, um, you know, if you've, if you've got sort of the immediate sort of needs, that's like social distancing and safety and stuff like that, you know, you may need to make some design changes. But I, I think in the longer term, to be honest with you, I don't think we really know what all those changes might be. So the way I was thinking about it, sort of as we were forced into the unknown when we all had to go work from home, we had to adapt to this new way of working and literally figure it out on the fly, right? I sort of think the same thing is going to happen a little bit when we return to the office, right? We have some ideas of what design changes we may need, but I think we need to live in sort of this new way of working before really sort of figuring it out. I guess I'm, I'm more on the hesitant side to go sort of reconfigure an office space before I actually know how I need that office space to operate. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. You know, I, I tend to think right now there just isn't a playbook for, you know, what that next workplace will, will be from a design perspective. And I, and I'm with you, I'm a little bit hesitant. You know, I think you and I hear a lot of folks proclaiming some answers on, on design and things like that, but, but really we have a lot to figure out um, still. And so, I, I, I oh, think go ahead. Sorry. Gonna, and I think it's going to change a little bit in the sense of, you know, if you've got a big campus and say you got like, you know, 1500 people coming back to the campus, right? And you go open it up and you've got a hybrid way of working and stuff like that. My bet is three months into that, Robert, you're going to have to stop, evaluate how those three mm -hmm. months went, potentially pivot or change a little, right? And adapt and then try it out for the next three months and see how that works, right? And mm -hmm. at some point it'll even out and you'll get an understanding of how people really are working. But people themselves are going to be cautious coming in. Um, and then even if they don't come in a lot, who knows, six months later, they may have that fear of missing out. And now more people sort of want to come into the office more often. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're going to have some of these ebbs and flows, and we're just going to have to sort of roll with it and be sort of adaptable and flexible. Yeah, I love adaptable and flexible. And, and I think you're right. We're missing kind of the behavioral component right now. We sort of knew how we knew all the behaviors pre-COVID. We don't know what the post-COVID behaviors are going to be, and still a lot to, to figure out there. Um, as you think about that, though, what, what types of opportunities does that present for us? Because you mentioned experiment and in things, you know, it would seem to me like this is a, an opportunity to really try out some new new ways of working, new cool things. Not I don't mean cool in the cool sense, but like things we haven't done before. What opportunities do you see? You know, this um, sort of remote work and people working anywhere, right? I, I think that's sort of the biggest component that if a company is going to learn something from this, I think they themselves are going to really start to figure out, or I hope they're starting to figure out, can we, can the business operate, operate well um, and go hire talent almost anywhere, right? And, um, you know, people can work from home in the middle of Boise, Idaho or you know, or go hire an engineer in Dallas, Texas, where you don't have an office. And if they can be productive, I think that's a great plus for a company. Um, 
I also think companies are probably going to look at their real estate portfolio potentially differently. Um, I think when we negotiate terms, are we going to be looking at maybe some more flexible or shorter lease terms? You know, because we've got these big offices right now that no one's in, but we're paying rent on it, right? Mm -hmm. So can we protect ourselves in the future? Um, and can we leverage technology, right, to even get really good use out of our space, right? I mean, the technology is, has gotten to that point where I think it's affordable. I think it works well. Um, I think a lot of companies have already been using it, so it's been tested. Um, and if we really want to optimize the, those workspaces, you know, this is another opportunity to go do that. Because I, I think our CEO, CFOs, right, are looking at us right now, right? How can we reduce our overall real estate investment, right? Mm -hmm. And I can almost guarantee you they're thinking about that going forward, right? Mm -hmm. We're typically... We're typically the second or third, you know, spend, we spend most, you know, in a company spend, right? There's payroll, then there's, we're typically the second or third in terms of spend for the company. Mm -hmm. um, and if you think about just reducing that by 5%, right? That's a lot of money that goes back to the company. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm excited by, you know, maybe not being the second or third expense uh, to the company at some point. I think, I think we've got great opportunity to help improve the leverage of the company and maybe reduce some of the OPEX exposure that we have, but you know, it's still a lot to figure out, right? Which, which is what you're really starting to talk about. I'd love to shift into a little bit more about you and getting to know you as a leader, uh, as a leader of people in particular, because one of the things I found so fascinating about COVID is it's, it's sort of really unleashed um, empathy and compassion at an enterprise level and at an individual leadership level. I've, I've seen really just some uh, amazing steps forward in individuals from an empathy and compassion perspective. Um, and I'm curious, you know, as you look at yourself as a leader during kind of this COVID period, is that true for you? Have, have, has your leadership emerged differently? You as an individual, have some things been different for you? It, you know, it, it has. Um, it was really important for me to make sure my team stayed connected, felt supported, right? Um, and oddly enough, over this pandemic, on, from a global perspective, I think globally, my team actually knows each other better than we did pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. um, we have all hands almost uh, every month. And I do one in the morning and I do one in the evening right? The sort of the same all hands. And, you know, in the morning, you're getting me and the Americas on. And then, you know, in the evening, I, what's great is I'm in the evening, I even get the folks in New York, right? Staying on with the folks in Asia Pac. And these people have never met each other, right? And even on Zoom, they've, they've never really, now they actually have a rapport. Um, and even within those all hands, what I'm doing is I'm having six people um, present to the teams, um, what they've been up to during the pandemic, right? You know, talk to us about your family, about you, right? And what, what you've been doing, right? So we really get better connections across the team about each other. Uh, and I've gotten a, a lot of positive, you know, comments about that from my team. Um, and then we also want to make sure that, you know, if someone's having a hard time or a challenge, like we literally as a team sort of like, we go, we go, we go take it out, right? We go figure it out. We make sure they're taken care of. Um, and we want to make sure that they understand, right? The support is there, right? Reach out. Um, and it's great. I, I, I love it. I think it's weird. I have some, uh, I think I have better camaraderie globally uh, than I've had before. 
Yeah, interesting that we've come together more closely, the more physically uh, separated we become. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? I like that comment, Robert. Totally agree. And what are you doing? It's it's really similar to what what you talked about. You know, I I create an opportunity at, for my core leadership team. So really, my direct reports, and we meet frequently. We spend the first almost thirty minutes of just doing a check-in, not business related. It's how are we doing? How are our families? Uh, you know, how how are we dealing with the pandemic? And that's really or the the impacts of the pandemic. And there's not just the pandemic, obviously 2020 has had all sorts of challenges, pandemic being probably the the most durable one, but we've had social unrest and all sorts of things. So we, you know, really allow ourselves space to sort of check in and how we're doing and make sure that everybody feels supported. And I, I love your idea on, you know, the, the frequency of your all hands, because I think, you know, making sure the teams are connected um, and really connected and in, in staying connected is important because I think in this environment, it's real easy to become disconnected if you're not careful. So bringing everybody together, obviously we've got to talk a lot about business as well, but leaving a lot of space for us to be sort of humans uh, and, and make those human connections, I think is really important. And, and this idea that enterprises have shown up with empathy and compassion, you know, as it, entire employee bases are, are going through, you know, impacts related to the pandemic. And, you know, I normally would never have thought of, a, of an enterprise as having an, a, empathy or compassion, but yet, uh, you know, I think you've seen a lot of companies just really just zero in on making sure their employees are cared for. And to me, that's fascinating. Yeah, just, um, you know, because we're not, you know, our offices aren't open. So, uh, and, and in our fiscal year planning, our fiscal year starts in August. So we, we had to put some planning in place ahead of time thinking if offices may open, right? So we were thinking down the road offices may open. And this was, you know, back in June, July, we were planning. So we had a budget for, um, for some offices opening up and, and providing services. And that didn't happen, right? So offices stayed closed. So what I did is I took those funds and I offered it back to the company and say, let's put it towards, we had two options. It was either more work from home uh, allowance or team building. And at that point, we, we felt it was really important to put it toward team building. And what mm -hmm. we meant by that is um, if you could socially distance yourself and go have lunch, go do it with your team, right? If you can do a, if you could do a Zoom social type of an event, go do that with your team, right? It wasn't work, it was more about socializing with your team and making an actual investment toward that for all of our employees, right? Um, so I thought that was great. You know, it was great that we went and did that. Yeah, and, and I think I'm sure your employees appreciated that and that'll have some long lasting effects, right? That bonding that, that sort of comes out of that. Um, curious as you, think about folks that are earlier in their career, um, whether they're sort of evolving as a leader, evolving as a workplace leader, you know, what advice would you give them um, sort of as, as they evolve post COVID? Because, you know, some of the things we've talked about, things are changing fairly significantly. What, what advice, where should we be helping those that are earlier in their career sort of learn new skills or, or where should we be over indexing? Yeah, you know, I, I would just say, you know, don't be afraid to take on, you know, new challenges or responsibilities, to be honest with you. I mean, I always 
tried to challenge myself. So my view is it's only when you take on those challenges, you push yourself to those limits. And to be honest with you, you got to make mistakes because when you make the mistakes, you actually learn. You learn mm-hmm. a lot when you make the mistakes. Um, so I say, just, just go for it, right? Don't sit back. If you see an opportunity, go do it. And um, like I said, you'll make a mistake every once in a while and that's okay. You know, you just get back up and you go at it again. Yeah. I, and I, I, I love that. And I think that, as you mentioned earlier, you know, as our roles broaden out, the things that we'll get to do will be probably uh, broader and different in the future. And so folks that sort of are coming into this business where you and I, when we started, you know, you had to, we're probably very facilities or real estate focused early in our careers yeah, change change the light bulb. Right, light bulb right. And, you know, it's too hot. It's too hot or too cold over here, right? Yeah. Now it's much more. It's fuzzier. It's a lot more employee experience oriented. We probably tend to be a little bit more HR oriented than than some of those other things. So folks that are coming into it from a leadership perspective can really go a bunch of different ways. Yeah. No. I, I, I've told my team. You know, I, I, this year, twenty twenty one. I think. It, you know, I'm hoping. You know with the vaccines and everything else that we're going to somehow by mid to the end of the year um, have the ability to get back into you know a large amount of our offices and i said we have a huge opportunity to be in the front of this mm-hmm. and to help lead this um, and to help drive with the business you know those decisions on how we're going to go approach it how to make it as successful as possible and i keep and i told him be ready to pivot be ready to adapt, be ready to adjust because, you know, once we go in, if we need to make a change, we got to go do it. We got to go do it fast because we're impacting the productivity of our employees. We're going to take a shot best out first, what we think is going to make them successful, opening up those office doors. Um, And it may not be perfect, but that's okay. We're going to go do our best to try to make it, um, you know, as best we can right off the bat. Yeah. And I love the pivot word because that, that also suggests that, you know, we're all going to stay agile and, you know, really be able to, to adjust very, very quickly as we learn new things, you know, bringing people back. So I'm curious, as we sort of start to wrap up, you know, a, a lot of folks I talk to have sort of gravitated towards podcasts and have done a lot of reading during the pandemic. Is there anything you you would recommend podcast wise or reading wise that that's sort of been of interest to you? You know, podcasts, I actually really like, um, it's podcast by Guy Raz. It's called How I Built This. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's got some incredible stories. I would say probably one of my favorite one is uh, Nolan Bushnell, who started Atari. Um, It's a phenomenal story. And if you didn't know this, he also started a second business, which started here locally in San Jose. Can you, do you know what it is? I don't know. It's Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. So, so, so uh, Nolan was like going, hey, I got all these games. These kids are putting quarters in. He went and built Chuck E. Cheese. That's the guy who started Chuck E. Cheese. It was wow. sort of funny. I'm listening to this. I'm like, no way. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, w- I would say the only other thing is um, if you got kids, uh, on Netflix, there's a, a, a show called The Kindness Diaries. Um, in The Kindness Diaries, we, I got two boys, uh, 10 and 11. And uh, it's a great sit down with the family and watch it. My kids loved it. Um, and it's all about a gentleman that tries to travel around the world, literally, um, only off of the kindness of people. 
So not spending, it's just off of the kindness mm. of people. And it's pretty amazing to see all these different people around the world and, and really the kindness that comes out of it. It's, it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. I'll have to check that one out. Well, hey, Michael, I, I just really appreciate you joining me today. I think we explored some some pretty important things. You know, we, a lot of our peers are trying to figure out what we just talked about. So I hope this serves as a resource uh, and provides some perspective uh, to those folks, as well as to our service provider community. So I just want to thank you for joining. I know you're a busy guy and just really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I, I loved it. It's great. All right. We'll have you back. Well, I want to thank uh, all of our listeners, uh, and I encourage you to share this podcast, the Corecast, as we now call it, um, with your friends, your colleagues. It really is a service of, of the Northern California chapter. Please share it on your social media, um, and you can find all of our podcasts, this one included, on the Cornet Northern California website. Uh, and you can also subscribe on iTunes. So we encourage you to do that. We encourage you to keep coming back. And thank you very much. Uh, I'm Robert Teed, and we'll talk to you next time.